you want to find someone who's going to be that reputable source. You can use the trade secret to maintain certain details. Use it or lose it. That's how it works in the trademark system. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, an intellectual property attorney specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not a lawyer, but I work at Gearhart Law and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit. I'm so excited that you're here tonight. We have a very, very, very special program for you. We have experts from Gearhart Law answering your questions about intellectual property. But before we get into it, I'd like each member of our team to introduce themselves, starting with David. David? Yes. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Thank you, Rich and Elizabeth. My name is David Postalski. I am an intellectual property and patent attorney at Gerhard Law. I've been a partner there for a few years, and my passion is education and empowerment. I am a professor at various universities, and I'm overjoyed to be here and to help all of you. Thanks. Awesome. James? Yeah, I'm also a partner at Gerhard Law. I've been with the firm for almost a decade now. Uh, great place to work. And, and you're I'm still here. So still here. Yep. And my background's in biochem and molecular biology. Wow. Like I said, super smart. Ashley? Hi, my name is Ashley Spurbeck. I'm an associate here at Gearheart Law. I've been here almost three years and I have about 10 years experience in tech areas ranging from small molecule chemistry to blockchain technologies, and I love helping new inventors. We can hardly wait to get started. So Elizabeth, can you tell our audience about this special program? Yes, normally we don't tape in front of a live audience or allow any questions from the audience, but today we're doing it because we just thought it would be a fun thing to try. This is the first time we're trying it. And actually Kenya did research and there isn't a podcast that has this kind of format. So we're groundbreaking today with a brand new podcast format. It'll go on the Passage to Profit podcast. So we'll see what happens. And we did get some questions through email. So I one that just kept, keeps coming up and coming up and coming up is about trademarking a logo. And I want to throw this to David. Should you trademark your name or should you trademark a logo is kind of the gist of what I'm seeing or both or together or separate. A lot of people have been asking that. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the rule of thumb should be if you want the ability to use your words separate from your logo, i.e. like an artistic design, like if you look at the iHeartRadio, the heart would be the logo, iHeartRadio would be the words. If you want the ability as a company to use those elements separate, the words separate from the logo, then you should likely file two separate trademark applications. If you have them separately registered, then you can mix and match them in any sort of configuration. If you wanted to file what's called a composite mark, again, looking at the iHeartRadio, you see the heart with the iHeartRadio underneath the heart. If you file it just like that, then your protection is just like that. You are married, as we say, to your trademark applications. So if you, if you have the budget to file three separate applications, one for the word on its own, one for the logo on its own, and one for the composite mark with the logo and the word, then you should do all that because then you have every permutation that you're using. But that's the ultimate thing I think I want everybody to realize. Use it or lose it. That's how, that's how it works in the trademark system. So if you are not wanting to use your words separate from your logo, then if you want that ability to use them separate, 
then you're gonna have to prove that you're using them separate. And then that will probably give you the broadest protection. So I'm a big fan of logos. You know, sometimes logos are great to file because they give you the additional distinctive quality that a company might need, especially when their words are not so great. If you have a trademark on your name, can you stop other people from using your name across other social media platforms? Mm, good, good question, Kenya. So a social media handle is usually not considered evidence of trademark usage, right? Because trademark usage is all about commerce, the buying and selling of goods and services. So you're not really selling per se on LinkedIn or Facebook. Maybe you are on Instagram, definitely not on Snapchat. And so it's hard. So you may own the trademark registration. And now all of a sudden you discover somebody on Instagram has your corresponding trademark on Instagram. The problem will be, well, they're not really selling anything. So how could I really stop them? However, there is a bright aligning around this. Most social media platforms do today recognize that if you have a trademark registration that corresponds to another social media handle of another user, then you might be able to stop them. But theoretically, no, because there's no commerce. There's no buying and selling of goods and services under a social media handle, but really good question. One more thing, just to avoid all of this, when you apply for your trademark, I would do a, a kind of cursory search as to who has what, where, when, and how on these social media handles so that these, this is not a pain in your side later. Yeah, that's a big one because right now I'm trying to get my trademark and the USPTO is waiting to see if other people are going to use similar trademarks that filed or something. I don't know. Ashley's handling it for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of mad at the PTO, but I, I'm going to see if I can keep using it. She'll do it. We know she will. Yes, yeah, she'll get it there for me. And we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs? most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. 
Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We did have another question about licensing from Victoria. So what is required for you to get your intellectual property licensed or purchased? I'd like to give this one to James. That's a good question. And, um, you know, a bit of a, a loaded question. I guess, you know, for starters, you have to have some form of intellectual property, right? You have to have a patent. You have to have a trademark. You have to have a copyright. You have to have something, you know, that's there if you're going to actually, you know, license or sell the intellectual property, right? Outside of that, you're generally just talking about an idea or a concept. You know, are ideas and concepts, you know, licensable? Yeah, I mean, the circumstances are going to be considerably more limited because what do you have that's tangible that's related to that? What is the other entity buying into? Now, that being said, it may be that you have a pre-existing relationship and you've you know, licensed a couple things to them. You say, hey, I have another idea. What do you think about this one? And they say, great, let, let's do it, right? You know, there's going to be some limited scenarios where perhaps, you know, you can find yourself where an idea or a concept, you know, would be. But otherwise, you're going to need, you know, that intellectual property piece, you know, filed. Again, whether that's a patent, whether it's a copyright, whether it's a trademark, you're going to have to have it filed and either registered or issued uh, in order to then, you know, license or sell it you know, to a third party. But once you've obtained it, you know, you have to find the right people that may be putting out queries to third party companies. It could be hiring a agent to represent your interests. For example, one of our clients who's been successful in the toy industry hired an individual who is a former executive from a large toy company who represented him, who already knew the industry, who knew the individuals and was able to call up everyone and say, hey, let me get this guy in front of you. Maybe that's what you need at the end of the day. You want to find someone who's going to be that reputable source that's not going to be, you know, a company whose, you know, motivations may or may not be just to kind of, you know, take your money and do the minimum. Just so everybody knows what's going on here in the production booth at Passage <laughs> to Profit, uh, my wife of 27 years, Elizabeth, is writing me notes and I can't read her handwriting. So I'm asking about Gearhart Law, because I think this is part of what the question was asking too. If Gearhart Law actually has any people that we could refer Victoria to that are patent brokers that are reputable. Lisa would be. Lisa Ascalese. She would is be a, one person for sure. So you can see her at Inventing A to Z, A-T-O-Z, Inventing A to Z. She calls herself the inventor. She has a ton of patents of her own. She helps people. She's been helping Teresa. She helps with manufacturing, licensing, everything. It depends really on what is your product and what industry do you want to go to. So Lisa is great for consumer products, but if you have a different type of product, you're, you're going to need to find somebody else. Uh, David? I was going to say that I think it really depends on the technology. We definitely know some brokers in like software, consumer products, life science is a little bit tough. But yeah, I think, I think just kind of reach out to us so that we can learn a little bit more about the product or service. And we'd be happy to make some introductions for sure of reputable people. You can call us later. You can go on our website and fill out the form. It's gearheartlaw.com. And the form will go to the right person. Or you can email anybody directly. It's David at Gearheart Law, James at Gearheart Law, Ashley Dotsperbeck at Gearheart Law, or Gearheart at Gearheart.com. So definitely reach out and we'll see if we can help you. Yeah. So we do have another question. So Victor's question was, will a trade mark on a domain name protect it 
And specifically under what IP circumstances can another party claim that your URL must be transferred to them? That's a really good one. Yeah, I mean, certainly domain names and trademarks are intertwined. And you should always, in my opinion, do a trademark search first. See what else is out there before you purchase a domain. I I can't tell you how many times I've dealt with someone, whether it's a potential client or a client, who says, well, I, I, I got some packaging made. I bought the domain and the product's coming in a month and they can't get the trademark. And then they say, well, what do I do with all this stuff? The answer is, well, uh, hopefully you can sell it to someone else. (laughs) So they're definitely intertwined. And there are proceedings uh, by which you can petition a court to get, you know, a a domain name transferred over to you. You know, one of which is called the UDRP. David, you know, deals a lot with that. But certainly that is a proceeding by which, you know, you can have a domain name from, you know, an alleged infringer, if you will, you know, transferred over to you. Now, that's not to say that that's going to be the case in in every scenario. There's been some very well-known cases, you know, one regarding, you know, car manufacturers where people kind of beat them to the punch and they were setting up their own website and their website was was valid. It was for, for different stuff. It was a website that they were actively using. It wasn't parked or cyber squatting or any of these things that sometimes entities will do, you know, to try to ratchet up the domain price, right? And so it's to say simply because, you know, you have a trademark on a domain doesn't mean you're going to get it. That's why, like I say, you get your foot in the door of the trademark search, then you should really turn around and look to pursue domain names, you know, perhaps even similar domain names, not even the exact same one, and to look at different top level domains, .coms, .orgs, you know, so on and so forth. You know, there's quite a list of top level domains nowadays. And you know, those are things that you should be concerned about. Particularly, you'll see people in the entertainment industry will buy up basically every derivation, every top level domain because they can't have someone else out there using it, right? Now, that may or may not be practical depending on costs and budget and that sort of thing. But there are key ones, you know, that you should look to go after. Uh, and certainly, if you believe there's an issue, you know, you should reach out to us or, or someone else that can advise you on whether you'd be successful in capturing that domain from a third party, because there's there's no sense in throwing good money after bad. And, you know, sometimes we go searching for domains and then we leave the website and it seems like somebody else snaps it up. It's kind of funny. There's almost like somebody's watching or there's some software. So <laughs> I always say for 10 bucks or 15 bucks, I don't know how much domains cost now. Just buy it. You know, if you're going to search mm-hmm. it, buy it. That way you're sure that you're going to get it because... I think sometimes cyber squatters see that and then they'll try to sell it back to you at an outrageous amount. Just picking up, James, and thank you for that answer, but picking up on the scenario here, let's say that I have a company called Cat Toys R Us, right? And I trademark that. And then the question is, do I also have to trademark cattoysrus.com or is it scoped by that? And regardless of the answer to that question, let's say I do have a trademark on cattoysrus.com. Could that trademark prevent Toys R Us from coming after me and saying, no, no, that really should belong to us? That would be like a potential scenario, fictitious scenario. I guess there is two parts of the question. You know, one related to, you know, can Toys R Us stop you uh, and that sort of thing. And assuming that there is a third party who's what you would call a senior user 
to a similar trademark as yours. A senior user being someone who's used it in commerce longer than you have. They may be able to come after you and stop you from using your trademark. It depends how similar the marks are. It depends how similar the goods and the services are, you know, channels of commerce, you know, types of consumers, customers, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, on general principle, that's how that would work. If I could just jump in here, the trademark search will help us identify those kinds of threats. So that's why the trademark search is important because you don't want to make a big investment in your brand in a name without knowing what third parties have that they could throw at you. That's I made why that mistake the- once in my life and I'll never do it again. I was like, I'm not spending that $800 on the trademark search. Yes, we have, I have to look I have Google. I mean, yeah. So The short answer is yes, you can obtain a trademark you know, on a domain name, you know, is that going to be guaranteed that you're going to get it? Again, it's going to be, you know, case by case, we're going to have to look at a number of factors. But the short of it is that in in circumstances, you can obtain a trademark on the same. Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. We will be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. There was a question that I saw. What is freedom to operate? I know we covered that a little bit. Ashley, can you talk about freedom to operate? Freedom to operate essentially means if you have protection to operate or sell, manufacture your product based on IP owned by others. David, how do we actually get all the pieces and put them together for that? Yeah, that's a really good question. We do a lot of those. They're usually in the form of what's called an opinion. So where we are basically researching for a company that may or may not have their own form of intellectual property, right? They may have a patent, they may not have a patent, but they have some sort of product or service that they want to have the freedom to operate in a specific country. And so we basically identify who are the potential barriers of entry for that company. And we analyze those companies, we look at their intellectual property, and we basically formulate an opinion as to whether that company that's wanting the freedom to operate, whether they actually do have the freedom to operate in the United States or Europe or China. And we give them an opinion based on how their product and service matches up against the existing intellectual property that has come prior to them. It's a really, really important step for a company. And it usually is the sign that a company is at a stage of growth where they're now like commercializing, they're monetizing, they're licensing, 
their investors are probably asking, should we dump more money into this company, knowing that there are five or six other companies that are already out there that may have a patent before them? And so the so, so the opinion kind of puts the minds at ease, it puts the investors' minds at ease, or puts the potential licensees' minds at ease that they do have the freedom to operate. So it's a really important step to the process. And it's a sign of growth for that company. So when you're ready to do something like that, it usually means that you are at a stage of growth that um, you haven't been at before. Just going to the investing piece a little quickly. I had saw another question under there. I think it said, what is a trade secret? A trade secret is a secret that gives a competitive advantage, right? And so it's unlike other intellectual property where you don't go to the government and, and register it. You create a trade secret by keeping it secret. And you at least want to keep it within your organization. And if you have a larger organization, you want to keep it on a need-to-know basis. And you want to maintain the secret by giving the secret heightened scrutiny, or I should say heightened internal protection, like maybe only putting the information in a database that has a high limited permission levels, et cetera. So there's lots of things that businesses have that are trade secrets. Sometimes it's technology. Sometimes it's something as simple as a customer list. And maintaining those things as trade secrets can be very valuable assets. Gearheart Law has a special product that's relatively new in the trade secret area, we will help you define your trade secrets and help you put together a program that will help protect those. But the key ingredient is keeping it secret because if you go to enforce a trade secret, you'll have to show that it was a secret. Now, what is the value of a trade secret? Well, if somebody comes up and creates something that's identical to your trade secret, but they didn't steal it from you, there's nothing you can do in order to assert the secret against them. It's only if an employee or somebody else takes the secret and misappropriates it. They start their own company or they sell it to somebody else or they give the secret to a new employer. So trade secret is very limited in the way that it can be enforced. And some companies have both patents and trade secrets. So for example, you can file a patent on your software, but there may be certain very specific elements of the software that you don't want to make public. And in that case, you can use the trade secret to maintain certain details that are essential to the processes, right? But still get a patent on it. So trade secrets are a very interesting area of law and there's federal legislation that protects against piracy and theft of trade secrets and sending information to other countries. But to make a long story short, I think that's an explanation of what a trade secret is. It kind of reminds me of the Thomas Edison Tesla debacle. Edison had the direct current. Tesla had the alternate current. He was kind of his protege and then he took it and he started a whole nother company. So I wonder if this was enacted then how that all would have played out back in the day. 
Oh, I'm sure people sued each other. People have been suing each other in this country for years. So I'm sure that there was something there because you're not happy when you put all of this time and effort, you come up with a discovery and then somebody walks out the door and starts a competing company, right? That's just not cool. I don't know the details, but I'm sure there were lawsuits. There was another area I wanted to cover real quickly that were some questions that came in through the email. And this is James's area of expertise. And this is all about design patents. So people are wondering, should I get a design patent or a trademark? Like what's the difference and what's the design patent versus like a regular patent is just what they're kind of asking, um, which means like a utility patent is a design patent worth it. So James, you have been doing a lot of design patents for the firm. What do you think? You know, a design patent, and I think you mentioned trademark in there. Those are two very, very different things. Focusing on patents themselves, you know, utility patents versus design patents. They are, you know, mutually exclusive and they're two separate property rights, but you could have a design patent and a utility patent that cover the same thing. You know, a utility patent is going to cover the inventive concept whether that's a method of use, a composition of matter, a physical structure, how your invention operates, right, or functions. Design patents, in theory, are devoid of function. Now, there's always going to be some functional element there, but in theory, they're devoid of function. A lot of times you can think of, for example, the pump dispenser bottles, right? You use them for hand sanitizers and, and lotions and soaps, right? They all operate off the same principle, but then you think about all the different bottle designs, different ways the dispensers look and that sort of thing. That's what a design patent covers, right? You're not inventing the new dispenser bottle or the new dispenser itself. You, you got a new design for one. It, it looks fun. It's, it's shaped like a star or your kid's favorite cartoon character, although that may be a copyrighted so you might want to back off of that. Um, but, but that's really what it is that you're setting out to protect. And like I say, you could have, you know, a utility patent on the underlying inventive concept. And then maybe you down the line, you say, well, here's my actual production models. And, you know, I'm going to have a couple different designs. Each one's a little different, but we're going to design patent those. And you can absolutely do that. There's a couple, you know, considerations to take into account because like I say, you know, utility patents are functional and design patents in theory are not. But outside of that, you know, you can pursue, you know, one or the other, both uh, depending on the circumstances of the invention. Yeah. Great answer. So, and and the trademark is completely different because that protects a brand rather than an ornamental function. So on the one hand, you have the protection for the way the product looks, And on the other hand, you have a protection for the product's name, right? And those are really two different types of protection. You're listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WOR 710, the voice of New York. And we'll be back right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, 
Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. This has been a great conversation. These were excellent questions, everybody. And we really enjoyed doing this. I think our team had a lot of fun. I learned so much from you guys today. Before we go, I want to thank all of our Zoom participants. It was just lovely having you with us today. And I'd also like to do a special shout out to Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program coordinator, who's here with us. Hi, Alicia. And Chatterboss, our video editor, and the whole iHeart team. Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York.